Ideas have consequences, and consequences have ideas. If we don't learn how to think carefully, we will never be able to live rightly. So welcome to Think Through It, a podcast for conversation among friends encouraging one another to think through it. Well, we come to another episode of Think Through It, um, the return of Think Through It. It is back and better than ever. Um, I am talking today today with uh, two of my dearest friends about friendship. Um, and maybe you think that's kind of weird. Maybe we should. Maybe I should have gotten people that like I'm not good friends with to talk about friendship. It's like it's like two people in love talking about how <laughs> like awesome their love is. Uh, and I, I don't know that our goal is to talk about our friendship, but to talk about um, this idea of friendship. Um, I am very grateful for friendship. It's it's um, it's something that I have thought a lot about in my life. It is something that um, you know I just count as one of my like greatest um, blessings, uh, greatest kindnesses of the Lord that He's given me great friends. And uh, you you two guys are are high on that list. And so um, it is a. It is a great privilege and, and just so grateful that, I mean, I think Christ's covenant, um, so many of my friends are in the church and um, I have so many friends within our body and uh, I'm just, yeah, I'm very grateful for this idea of friendship. I, I am struck by the fact that, um, you know, that A, has required energy and effort, but B, is something that, you know, is a gift of the Lord and is something that not everyone gets to enjoy in the same way. And and, and I really want to, I think, in this episode, speak to to that person, uh, because I do have conversations all the time with people either in our church um, or, you know, just in general that I would say are lonely. Um, and, and and whether they're lonely in a, like, they spend a lot of, like, time by themselves kind of lonely or lonely in that there's just not a ton of intimacy in their life kind of lonely, even though they're surrounded by people all the time. Um, you know, I think we could speak to maybe both of those things today. And, and really, I think the, the goal of this episode is to, you know, encourage its listeners to pursue friendship, to be a better friend, um, and to just enjoy this gift of friendship that the Lord has given us. So welcome, Josh, and uh, welcome, Ben, uh, Josh Youssef and Ben Washer. I don't know, what what are, I mean, I'd love to hear some of, like, before we get kind of into the the meat of this, just reflections on friendship. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's been a lifeblood uh, in my journey. I mean, I don't know how I would be who I am without good friends along the way, whether that's the joys of life or the sorrows of life. Friends have been there through everything, and I can't imagine not having that in place. You know, whether it's sharing a great memory or it's dealing with something really hard in my life. It would be hard to, to do that alone. I mean, I don't know how I would have done it. Any thoughts, Josh? Yeah. I mean, just even as Ben was talking, I was thinking about how our friendship formed, you know, he was not a believer at Auburn and he came, came into my room next door at the commons. And, uh, you know, how did I, I just could not have imagined in that moment that a French that's that, a that a hello freshman year, 1997 would end up in a, you know, a lifelong friendship that's lasted 20, 
six years. Wow. Um, so, um, you know, it. I, we were talking earlier about like the fact that friendship is easier kind of when you're younger mm-hmm. and it becomes a little bit harder as you get older. And so maintaining those friendships, I think, is so important. Yeah. Not just not destroying them. I mean, I know it's easy. It sounds counterintuitive, but, um, you know, just to maintain friendships is so important in your thirties. Well, 40s. and I, I think that might be, I, I hate to, you know, there's probably a lot of rabbit trails we could go down on this, but I actually think that's an important thing to talk about. Like maintaining friendships, like that can be very hard to do. Um, that can require, I mean, even we were just talking, I mean, even last night around this very coffee table, um, I had a conversation with two other guys helping to like bring about a reconciliation, a restoration of a friendship. And, um, you know, we're, we're all getting, these are guys that have been friends for a long time and, and, you know, we're all kind of getting a little older in our life. Like to, to some, at some point you have to realize like, you know, my best, uh, athletic days are certainly behind me. There's, there, there's no remorse, uh, in that because, um, I, uh, you know, I, it's easy to see. It's easy to discern. Um, my best, um, uh, my days of learning, I mean, I'm still going to learn things, but you know, the year in my life that I learned the most is behind me now, you know, like, you know, I, I have, uh, surpassed my, I guess, capacity of learning is getting less and less and less every year. Uh, even though hopefully I'm still discovering new things is harder. Yeah. Or like my ability to, to, to learn new things, you know, in a fast way. I mean, just, you know, even mentally, my mind is not as sharp as it was. And I mean, I'm, again, I'm 40 years old, but I mean, it wasn't as sharp as it was in terms of just learning things when then I was 25. Now I know more than I did then, but you know, my capacities are down. So there's that reality. And then I think the same way, like friendship, like at some point I have to chalk up, like I have my best friend making years are behind me. And so, I mean, all of that, I think, and not that I won't make new friends and make meaningful friends and I've made really good friends recently, but the the point I'm trying to make here is all of that informs, uh, you know, how I should treat my friendships. And and that was actually the point I'm trying to, sorry to belabor this, but you know, we're talking about how special friendship is for us. Well, why, why you mentioned that it makes me think of how guys can hang on to their high school days or their college days too, too much. You know, you, you wear the letter jacket too long, right? Yeah. You're stuck in the past too long. And I think it's because those were great friend making days, you know, right. Your best memories, not only maybe you were a good athlete or something, but I think beyond that, you shared camaraderie with peers that you don't have anymore. And so you look back to those moments and go, man, I wish it could be like that again. Well, and, and, and what I was going to say, so for me, I, I, I think one of the gifts that the Lord has given me is some loneliness when I was a child. Um, and what I, I didn't have like a particularly lonely childhood or anything, but I, my, my parents put me in a school that I wasn't zoned for. Okay. Um, my dad worked at Whitesburg Baptist church, Whitesburg middle and Whitesburg elementary was right next to that church. And so my mom had me transferred um, to Whitesburg Elementary because it was right next to my dad's church. My sister was starting middle school. So I started school at Whitesburg Elementary when everyone else in my neighborhood went to Weatherly. Okay, so I was like the one 
weird kid in the neighborhood that went to the other elementary school. Um, And so I didn't really know, I didn't have like school connection. And, you know, obviously we live in Atlanta now. And so like, you know, every, like uh, there may be six different kids in your neighborhood and they may go to six different schools. So it's, it's, it's awkward to talk about these things in Atlanta, but like in Huntsville, every kid in this neighborhood went to this school and every kid in this neighborhood went to that school, mm-hmm. which to some degree made, made it even a little harder because it was a kind of a unique experience. Um, and so I didn't have like a ton of neighborhood friends. So after school, like, and because we kind of lived far from Whitesburg, I couldn't just like go over to my friend's houses. So I do remember, I do have like these very distinct like memories of some lonely afternoons. Um, and then it changed a little bit when I got into middle school, all my friends, I went to the right school again. I, you know, the, by the time I got to middle school. And so, but the point I'm trying to make here is going through that little season of like loneliness in elementary school, I think has made me a better friend because I appreciate, I'm grateful for the friendships, you know? Um, And so there's something that I think I have. So I think what I'm trying to say is like, if you're in a season of loneliness right now, or you're in a season that actually is something the Lord can use to make you a better friend. Um, and to just make you more grateful for what is the gift of friendship. So there's a lot of stuff to be said on this. I like that. You know, Lou Priolo is working on a book on loneliness. And he says in this book, he says, loneliness is sometimes the result of expecting others to meet our needs rather than God. And I think sometimes like <clears throat> it helps us to come to the end of ourself in our friendships or our loneliness yeah. so that it does lead us to the Lord and lead us to him who will, who will not leave us or forsake us, who is the, the ultimate friend. And I, I've found that as I get older, rather than, and I, and I want, I want godly wisdom, counsel, I want to counsel advisors, but I need to be going to the Lord first with my problems and the things that I'm facing. Uh, I think even before our friends, and I, I think sometimes that, that loneliness can drive us back to, back to, back to the Lord, back to Jesus. <laughs> you know, another, as I just think about things that make you a better friend, if we're talking about that. You know, so loneliness can make you a better friend. Another thing for me is I just like think about my own story and how I grew to appreciate friendships or maybe grew to be a decent friend. Um, I remember there was this guy, Mark Smith, who was a uh, youth minister helper. Like he was like a adult volunteer. Um, and he was not married. He was a single man, probably in his 30s at the time but just had a heart for student ministry and was just a great man. And I had a great relationship with Mark. He actually never married him. He's still not married. Um, and, um, but anyway, um, I remember like maybe talking to him about this one time. Um, and maybe just how my friends like were disappointing me and, you know, and he said to me, you're, you're only going into friendship, Jason, looking to get. Yes. And, and he said, you, you you will be a great friend, and the Lord will give you a lot of great friends if you go into friendship like looking to give. And I, I was probably like in sixth grade. I mean, I was like really young mm. when he told me this. And you know, by God's grace, I had like enough wisdom to like latch hold of that a little bit. Um, and it really transformed my life. And again, I'm not saying I'm the most like selfless or self giving person or ever, but it 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 framed up what friendship is. It, it's not just a, it's not a grab. It's not just a, well, I need six people around me so I don't appear like a doofus. It's like, <laughs> do you really love these people? Yeah. And are you willing to give your life away to them? Yeah. Friendship's not a ticket to not be lonely. A, yeah, lo- that's a good. lot of people that's good. use 
friendship is a transaction mm -hmm. so they don't have to feel lonely. And instead, I think what your buddy Mark said is so key. If you're not going in there to give, then you're not going to build the kind of bonds and intimacy that, you know, make it foundational and exciting. And Or even so they don't have to appear lonely. You know, I mean, some of it's just like, yeah. I don't want to be the guy walking around by myself. I mean, and, or I don't want to be the guy hanging out by myself on Friday night. And so are your friends just people that give you a sense of like, completeness or camaraderie or feeling cool or like are they people that you actually have entered into like a loving relationship with and I and I and friendship is a love I mean I think mm -hmm. that's something too like it is a love and you know I guess that would be an interesting question like when does it become friendship um we can talk about that I mean that that's kind of interesting to me like when when is I want to talk about how is friendship formed, but when is friendship formed? Like, how do you know that somebody is your friend or that you're a good friend? Well, are we talking about a friend you want to go to dinner with? Or are we talking about a friend that you want to, you know, if something's falling apart in your life, that's who you're going to? Well, I think that's, I mean, maybe I'm... The trajectory I'm talking about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, it starts, <clears throat> it starts with a, a hello <laughs> and a... You know, you build common ground and have an experience or, you know, go to a ball game or whatever together and friendships build. And some of them seem to build instantly and some of them grow over time. Mm -hmm. It's hard to say there's a formula for it. Yeah. But maybe the formula is if you're willing to take risks and give to the other and be vulnerable about yourself you might end up in that deeper space of friendship. I definitely think like the truth telling aspect of a relationship mm. is a distinctive in the friendship. I think that's a good right? point. I mean like a wounds yeah. from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Like we need people in our lives to tell us the truth. Now we're not going to always like hurt everybody all the time. Like just saying me, you know, things that are true that don't need to be necessarily brought up. But, uh, but, but, but I, when somebody comes to me and says, I need to talk to you about something in your life that probably doesn't please the Lord. I know at that point that that person loves me and that yeah. they desire to be in friendship with me. And yep. there's, there's friends that you have that, you know, Josh, if you came to me and said, I want to talk to you about something, I would be much less likely to be defensive because there are histories of friendship. Yeah. I trust you. I know you want my best. I know you're there for me. You know, if we were new in friendship and you came to me, it might be harder to receive that well, truth telling. I mean, yeah, I mean, I totally get that. I mean, I um I mean, people will and I still like think this is kind of ridiculous and if you've ever done this like just don't do this like but people will come to me after a sermon that I've like never met. I have no context with. I'm literally standing there after the thing, you know, trying to meet with them and they'll correct my sermon or they'll rebuke it or they'll critique it or whatever. And I'm like, I have no idea who you are. You don't even know me. You don't know the context of this. Like, what are you talking about? You know? Yeah. And I have no time. I mean, to be honest, like, I just don't have time for that. Like, mm -hmm. I, I mean, not that I want to be a jerk. I, I try to be nice to those people. But, I mean, it, it's, it, is, <clears throat> it is just so selfish, in a sense, on their part that I... But I think, like, you really have a friend when you know it costs them. Like, or it costs you. Like... Is it costly? I mean, I think that's yeah. what you're talking about. Like, we both show correct? up for each other. Right. So how would y'all say you get to the point of truth-telling in friendships? 
Well, that, and that was like one of the things I wanted to do. How is friendship? And so we talk about when. Yeah. If, if when we can maybe define when it gets like very honest and I would say costly. So how do you get... How do you get there? Yeah, how do you get there if it's... I, look, I mean, I think there's times when we don't maybe know somebody that well, but we want to speak truth to them and we do and we ought to. But then I think there's also a time where you have to build currency and equity with someone in time and adversity and in relationship before you can start to critique their sermon or, you know what I mean? Like, well, and, and, and to the sermon point, I mean, I think I'm talking about ridiculous things that people have said. Like, I mean, if somebody said like, you spoke heresy today and I just feel compelled, like I would, hopefully I would receive that. I mean, a lot of this stuff has been like that illustration, you know, offended me because yeah. it was too political or something like that. The you know, I wasn't the right, right. It's just, okay. What is the point of this? Um, but the thing, th the three things I wrote down are courage, time, and humility. Like, I think friendship does take courage, and I think I heard. I mean, I know I've heard you say this, Washer. Like, to to be a good friend, it requires a great deal of courage. I mean, it I requires being willing to be rejected. So, hey, I'm sending out a text. Who wants to hang out tonight? Crickets. Right. Well, what do I do? Do I never contact those people again because that felt bad? Or do I come right back around another time and some of them are available? Right. You know, and then I can build relationships. And we, and I know we've talked about this before, but like it takes showing up at a community group that you don't know anybody. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I'll just say like, I, I want to be uh, that person right there that's like, I want to build friendships. I want to build Christian friendships. I'm new to the city. Uh, and I hope, some of you are listening to this. Like it's easy, it's easier to listen to a podcast than it is to show up to a community group. And I hope some of you guys are listening to this and you're like, can I really just go to this dude's house? And I would just say like, you can, I mean, and, and, and I want to be like totally empathetic. I mean, a, a very clear memory I have um, was the first time I went to the uh, little workout group in Brookwood Hills Maduri had invited me and, but th I didn't really know Maduri. I mean, I was friends with his wife. I mean, I really didn't know him and he was mm -hmm. like, you should come to this thing. And, um, and so I was like, okay, so I show up. Well, he wasn't even there, you know? <laughs> and so like, I'd worked up the courage to go to this thing, but then the guy that invited me like slept in that day and, and I literally knew nobody. And I was like, well, Maduri asked me to come. And, um, but like I went and, you know, I'll never forget like Glenn Colker. Um, he was like, well, what do you do? And I was like, I'm a pastor. And uh, none of these guys are, I mean, yeah. you know, this is like, you know, very few of these guys are really like walking with the Lord. And Glenn was like, we need a pastor. And so, uh, and so then I was in and obviously yeah. like I was with them just this morning. I mean, I mean, these guys are, I count them as, as great friends. And so the, the point is, is like, I, I can totally empathize with that moment and how difficult it can be. Um, but that courage, it, it's not that you're never going to get hurt. Like it definitely right. hurts to send out that text and nobody reply. But I would say my experience is usually some fruit comes from that. Yeah. Um, well, what if you show up to the community group and you don't make a connection that night? Do you go again? That's right. That's you right. Go a third time. Right. Do you let time, you know, help out. And I would even say, even if that's group. not the right group for you, I mean, that that's yeah. what I would say. Like, even if like the group totally failed, usually you'll make a connection that'll lead you to something good. I mean, I, there is a thing that happened in our church one time that I really admired. Um, same thing. It was this guy 
and uh, he he put he put a message like that out, and I, I probably wouldn't recommend this. Um, and I, I think he just didn't know what this was, but he put it out on like the CC bulletin board. Like, does anybody want to hang out tonight? Like, I saw that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I was just so impressed by it because yeah. I was like, man, like this guy's vulnerable. new to town. Like he's vulnerable. Like he's like willing to like. And I don't know if anybody replied to him, and maybe they did privately, but I called him because I was just like, this guy's awesome. Like yeah. whoever this guy is, like yeah. And so, you know, he and I have, I mean, you know, we're not like vacationing together, but like, he is like a friend of mine in the church now. Mm -hmm. And, and so I don't think that was his, you know, I didn't hang out with him that night. We got coffee like a couple weeks later, but like, I I don't think that was his desired intention, but it created something Mm -hmm. that I think the Lord used. And so I I do think God honors that courage, um, even if it might not be exactly as you imagined it to go. And it's funny as we're talking about this, the flip side is, are you the welcoming person in the spaces you're in? You know, mm-hmm. are you letting maybe a season of loneliness make you less interactive, less outgoing, less welcoming? You know, could somebody show up in a space you're in and you're the one that says, hey, we need, we need a guy like we you. We need here. a pastor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, that, that, that um, we had, uh, was it Dahadi Lewis that spoke at the um, Duck and Goose and he, he used he said like in Mark's gospel, um, he repeatedly uses that Greek word ekbalo. Right, yeah. Like put out. Like Jesus in the wilderness is put out for us. And so then throughout the whole of Mark's gospel, you see like people are being put out for the sake of the gospel. Uh and and I've you know, in, in Bruce Lowe at RTS does this, he talks about this as well. Mark's gospel is really like a gospel for the put out. And and I think there's a there is a a aspect of what God is calling us to do in Christ is to be put out for others. Yeah. Right? To step out and to do those uncomfortable things in a sense of bringing people in. Yeah. No, uh, I mean, friendship. I, yeah. I, as soon as it's like, what is the mark of a Christian? I would say someone willing to give their life away. Like, I think like that is one of the great marks of a Christian, like somebody that, that, that regularly thinks about, how can I use my gifts, time, energy, talent, resources, money, uh, you know, relationships, relational capital, mm. friendliness, whatever it is, for the sake of others? And and I think like, and I don't think you can just like flip that switch. Um, I mean, I think you can a little bit. Like my buddy Mark Smith that we talked about earlier, like when he said that to me, like a a a switch flipped in my mind mm. to where I think. I started disciplining myself toward that, even if I didn't really like, even if I, st- even if my desire still was like, you got to fake it till you make it. Yeah. I want like to be seen walking down the hallway with a couple of cool looking guys. So like that girl likes me. I mean, even if it was like kind of selfishly motivated, um, I think I got a pathway there that I was like, I'm committed to pursue. But I, I do think as you grow in Christ and mature in Christ, like that just starts happening naturally and you just start giving yourself away. Um, the other thing I wrote down is time. I mean, I do think like, Maybe it goes without saying, but like you got to create space for friendship. Right. Yeah. You have to say yes to some things that require a sacrifice of your time to show up for. If you want to be a good friend, yeah, you have to show up. Yeah. And, um, and again, I mean, C.S. Lewis talks about this too. Like there's no like biological value. Like you're not making more money. These aren't your kids. They're not your offspring, but like they're your friends. And there's a, there's a beauty in that. And the last thing is humility. I mean, we've been talking about vulnerability, but 
you you have to be I mean it can't be all about you yeah and we were talking about truth telling earlier and you know humility humility means I'm willing to be told the truth people have a open door to come at me and if and if your posture is one of standoffishness and you've got your armor up right just trying to project an image well it's going to be harder for you to make deep friendships but if you are the type that can receive a word from somebody you know you're going to be um, you're going to be trusted more easily yeah are you want to lean on those types of people more easily are you woundable i yeah. mean and i think the the whole world would say don't be woundable um you know don't be uh don't be vulnerable in any way. Be strong. Have defenses up. Um, but I think really like the nature of, I mean, being like Christ, I mean, another mark of Jesus is he was woundable. He, yeah. he came and made himself vulnerable. He came and made himself nothing, and which I think made him a friend of sinners. I mean, made him such a friend. Yeah, I was reading Philippians 2 this morning, and he took the, oneness with, yeah. the form of... You know, he didn't count equality equality with God a thing to be grasped. Mm. <clears throat> and he let go of a certain power he had mm. in order to be among us. And that attitude just wins if you're trying to build friends. You know, it's hard to uh it's hard to imagine a person who shows great humility not being able to make right. a friend. Everybody wants to be around that guy. Yeah. Somebody who's full of pride and power hungry and the desire for a good image. Those people might have people around them, but they're not going to have the kind of friendships that give life, mm. and they're not going to be safe places for people. Mm. You know, people are always going to be worried about where they stand. You know. Um. So we've talked about when and how. What is a good friend? Um. We've talked maybe about a truth teller. I mean, how much does like the common bond uh, play into this. I mean, I mean, clearly there's something to that uh, in friendship. Um, but it's, I don't think it's, that's a kind of an awkward thing to talk about because I, I think on some levels, like a true, like Christian friendship, like a spirit filled friendship, like can be one, a person that you have a lot in common with or a person that you don't have really anything in common with at all. Um, I also think that, you know, sometimes the best, at least most interesting friendships that, that you can have um, are people that you don't have a lot in common with. So, yeah. yeah, the common bond or what makes a great friend? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I do think that the commonality of, of things, of sports or leisure or things, that is, that is, a, it is a nice thing to kind of build a friendship around. But um, I suppose it can't be the only thing, right? I mean, because um, then you would just sort of stick in your own little friend group. But I, I do think that, uh, I mean, obviously as believers, the most important bond that we have is, is the Lord. And that should that should bring about friendships across like racial, uh, uh, socioeconomic, uh, all sorts of like stratas, right? Um and so, yeah, you don't want to put too much stock, I think, in the common, the common, the commonality, right? Yeah, certainly makes it easier, though. 
It does. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you know, just, someone if I loved fly fishing and someone loved fly fishing, well, well, let's go on a fly fishing trip together. Well, even yeah. the common phase of life, you know, like, um, you know, I was talking to a friend not long ago, and I was like, look, I was like, we're going to be friends, but, like, the truth of the matter is, on Friday night, like, you're, it was a single guy. I was like, you want to go out and, like, meet girls. I was like, what I want to do on a Friday night is, like, go to my daughter's basketball game and then go home and yeah. go to bed, you know, yeah. like. Yeah. And so, I mean, we're just in a different stage of life, and so... I think that is related to time. Like it's easier to spend time with people that you have some sort of a common bond with. Yeah. If we both love, you know, we'll just use Auburn football. Uh, you know, we're, we'll watch Auburn football together. It'll be easy to talk about if we both, um, you know, like to golf or whatever, we'll golf together. So there, there is something wonderful and great about that. Um, but at the same time, just along our conversation, that's, that's maybe a, a higher level, you know, uh, interaction, the lower level or the deeper level of friendship. Um, those kind of common bonds might pave the way. Right. But if you're going to actually have that kind of deep bond of friendship, it takes more than just being interested in the same things. That's right. It talks all those things we've just talked about. That's right. And, and I would even say, like, if you can get to those like the people that I'm going to be bonded with and courageous with, like those common bonds, like, you know, they're not necessary. They're not necessary. You know, uh, they, they're helpful, but they're, they're not necessary. Or you'll realize like, there's actually a lot of common bonds I have. Like I have one friend and, and I'm not even really into model trains anymore, mm. but Oh, there was a time right in my life, I mean, I got the O-Gage right here, and I had a whole track set up. This is when I lived in Louisville. There was a little train store right down from my house, and I just got into model trains. Okay. Season of yeah. my life, right? <laughs> my model train season. Most football players, class presidents. Yeah. They love the trains. Model trains are the next They step. love the trains. That's the next step. But anyway... Um, but there was this guy that I bonded with over model trains. Now, from model trains, that was our initial connection. From model trains, like, we had all these wonderful conversations and, like, the friendship, you know, carried on its own life. And now I don't even care about model trains, you know. Yeah. Which, actually, if you think about it, like, a lot of my friendships are kind of like that. Like, I mean, even friendships from childhood, I still don't play Little League at Fernbell Park but I'm still friends with all these people. Like, so the, the friend has, the friendship has transcended the common interest that right. initially like pulled us together. Yeah. Yeah. The common interest is a lot of times just the doorway. Right. And you know, work is like that too. I mean, I mean, obviously like the folks that I work with are Christ covenant, like we're very, very close. Like we have this shared mission, but, um, but there's like, you know, among so many of our staff, and that's one of the things that's great when you can work with friends, we've really developed a friendship so much deeper than that. Yeah. What other thoughts, guys? What other words of encouragement would you give? I mean, I I, I think with this... I, I would say this. Um, your best days of friendship are not over. You know, I just think about how many great friends I have right now, how many guys that I could lean on in life and can go deep with. Um, there was a season where I didn't have that as an adult, but what's in place now feels really solid and foundational. And, you know, I feel like I have a, a nice big deep friend group 
um, that's, that's powerful and awesome and fun. And so, um, just because you're in a season of loneliness, that's right. Doesn't mean that's your future. You know, it doesn't mean that that's like all that's ever going to happen now. And you just have to look back at your college days, your high school days, your middle school days and think, you know, goodbye, good times. Right. You know, (laughs) I would totally agree. I think to our earlier thing, friend making in your 30s, 40s, 50s gets harder. Yeah. It doesn't mean you can't make good friends, but like, you know, friend making as a freshman in college is very easy. Yeah, you know, surrounded by thousands the of The whole university is yeah. like, has a whole program for freshman retention. And really their program is how do we get these people to make friends with one yeah. another so they'll come back next year right. and pay us more money. Yeah. Um, and so, but, and so you have, you're, you're of a system that's trying to make you friends. I was like, like in middle age, like the whole system actually is against you making friends. Yes. It's about you like working and being productive and, you know, um, taking care of your kids so they can make friends, you know, uh, because, you know, other colleges want to make money on them, you know? And yeah. so anyway, you're, you're, you it's easy when you get into your thirties, forties, fifties, like you just have to be like, no one's going to do this for you. I think right. that's what I'm saying. Like, there's no like swap to go to, uh, you have to go and figure it out. And, yeah. and which like, is the courage is key. Yeah. Which is actually one of the reasons that I'm, I want to do this podcast. Like, I want to speak to the person that maybe you have had a season of great friendship. Maybe you haven't, maybe you're lonely right now. Maybe you have great friends right now, but maybe you're, or maybe you're like, uh, in a little bit of a divisive time with a friend, like go be reconciled. Like a friendship is a valuable thing that should not be treated lightly. Um, and, and I think ultimately when I think of like the why and all of this is like, Jesus was a friend, like, like, I think we, we display the character of our Lord when we are friends to one another. Amen to that. Well, good yeah. stuff. For Ben Washer and Josh Youssef, I'm Jason Dees. Thanks for listening to Think Through It. For more information, visit ChristCovenant.com.